Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for listening to NeuroHive. I'm going to be really honest and upfront with you about something. We took a really big risk putting this information out for you and creating this content. I need your support to help beat the big tech and media overlords who just want to keep you addicted to complacency. They are making billions of dollars and ripping the United States apart all for the sake of keeping us dumb and numb in the place of our phones. I know a lot of you are business owners and entrepreneurs and self-driven individuals who listen to this. You are what they fear the most. Self-reliant, independent thinkers and individuals who are willing to put in the work that is required of success. To help our cause in creating impactful and transparent content to help American business owners, I need your support for the show. If I taught you something, if we gave you new insight into something that you hadn't thought about before, or even just made you smile a little bit today, please share the show. That's how we're going to grow the hive into the greatest force for good that exists out there in the world today. It doesn't have to be a social media share or story post, but many of you do that and it's greatly appreciated. But what it can be is the next time you're hanging out with your buddies, having a conversation with other business owners, and it comes up of what are you stuffing your brain with? What's the good stuff that you're putting between your ears? I would greatly appreciate a mention of NeuroHive. We do a good job for you. I really would love that in return. Let's fire up B and hop into today's episode. AB, active the hive. Welcome back to another episode. I'm joined with Zach Peterson of Tattooed and Successful. But before we hop into today's episode, I have something important to tell you. You know, we don't run ads for the show. We don't sell you some bullshit course. We are here to help you and provide you value every step of the way. So here's the deal. And you got to follow the deal or else I'll know that you have to go and hit the subscribe button. You got to leave a comment on Apple and iTunes. It's how we get ranked. It's how we got to the number one entrepreneurship podcast inside of Apple within the first month and a half of us being launched. It's how all of our guests continue to provide value because they do this for free. I do this for free. I don't make any money off it. Neither do they. We're just here to help provide you incredible value step-by-step along the way. Coming into the holiday season, it would mean a lot for us to get ranked and pushed back up there again. That could be my gift to me. It's your gift to you. So you keep getting better and better guests as we continue to grow. So if you found a nugget of wisdom, if you found a piece of truth in there that really resonates with you, don't forget to go and do that for me. But today's guest is one of the fastest growing e-commerce stores that I've had the pleasure of working with and helping him grow has been an incredible experience for me. But besides all that, I want to get into Zach and his incredible story. So everybody, please welcome Zach Peterson. Hey, what up? What's up, man? I want to get into... How in the world did you get to build this brand? Where did we come from before this? How did we get to where we're at today? And just let the world know about who you are and what you've done so far. Yeah, well, the brand really started about three years ago, um, 2018. Me and a friend, a workout buddy of mine, Jay Taylor, um, we're sitting at the gym, kind of bullshitting around, um, talking about tattoos and our parents not liking them. Um, he had a little bit more of a religious family background and they really didn't like him. Um, and so we, I think it was kind of a joke initially almost like, Hey, let's make some shirts or do something. And then we started talking about it more before we even put pen to paper and decided that, you know, maybe we can make a little brand out of this. There was, there's a lot of other business owners that we knew that were tattooed, but covered them up when they went to meetings or, 
had them removed when they did a shoot or different things like that. Um, so we kind of started the brand right before a tattoo festival in Boise. Um, and that was kind of our launch and it was really well received by a lot of tattoo artists, um, entrepreneurs, random people at the, the tattoo, um, convention. And from there it kind of grew steadily, um, until, uh, my partner and I had some, some life changes. He moved to South Carolina. I started getting into football more and was trying to play up in Canada. So the business really took kind of a backseat for both of us for six to eight months. Um, and then I moved back to Idaho, got back into the brand, took it over just me now. And, um, from there grew it exponentially over the last 14 months, met you six months ago or four months ago. So yeah, it's been been crazy. crazy. Yeah, for sure. Seeing you from even before we start working together to where you're at now, just the amount of, uh, the amount of learning and the amount of work I see you putting into this, constantly looking at fashion, constantly looking at trends, not just mm-hmm. on the whole scale, but specifically within your audience too, and how deep and rich of an audience you've developed with this. Yeah, man. It's been kind of one of our, our go-to things is that we've kind of differentiated from the everyday brand. Every brand kind of now does about the same thing. They're, most of them are drop-shipped. Um, most of them are really loud designs, um, cliche sayings, things like that. And we've done some of those ourselves, but we've really stuck to is a kind of a minimalistic approach with, um, modern, simple lines on clothes, um, tailored fits, but not fitness fits. So nothing super snug, um, everything high end of fabrics, high end seams, all sorts of stuff like that. So can you walk through... Because you're you're building an e-com business and you've you had the privilege of actually having it up and moving prior to COVID. But now that we're right. coming into the tail of 2020, we've got two weeks left by the time this podcast will launch. What has that been like for you during a time when everybody was freaking out saying, Oh, we're not gonna spend money on extra things? Your business boomed. So walk yeah. us through a little bit of that and how you were able to grow business during a pandemic. Yeah. So in a January this year, I think it was, I met with, now he's our content director. So Nick Ingram, and he has a design studio called Black Mansion. Um, We met in about January at a coffee shop, kind of talked about web, about updating the website, trying to help with conversion. Because really all it was back last year and even into this year was a kind of a plug and play look in Shopify store. You know, nothing great, no tabs, not really a whole lot of navigation. Um, so we were able to meet up and really change the whole site right before the pandemic started. So we had cleaned up things and made shopping on our site. Very, very simple right before COVID hit. So I think that really helped us going into COVID to have a kind of a rebrand and a simplified way to shop. And then through COVID, I was releasing products every couple weeks. And then now into this fall was releasing products every week. So just our ability to stay fresh in people's minds with new things throughout this pandemic um, was, I think, one of our biggest advantages. It was exhausting, but it was one of our (laughs) biggest advantages. Hard work usually is exhausting. And that's why most people don't do it, right? Right. Exactly. That's why we have that shirt. We have one of of our t-shirts says, nobody cares, work harder. Yeah. 
Yeah. One of the things that you brought up was that you don't do drop shipping. And for those right. of you that are seeing the video probably a few months afterwards, because we don't release video the same time we release audio, is that you have a shelf of clothing behind you. So yeah. you get to physically stare at that inventory that's sitting there every single day. Yeah, man. I can't go to get up I can't go to bed or get up and get out of my bedroom without staring at inventory. And some for some people that's it would probably break them. For me, it just makes me like look at it every day. I'm like, I have to get rid of this stuff. Like that's the goal, right? Like I yeah. never have lost the the things that you do right when you first start a business. I still try to do all those little things. I still hop on the socials and message people individually as the owner of the business. I still pack orders. I still send the emails. I do a lot of stuff. I try to leave that personal touch on as much things as I possibly can. That way, when people reach back out, they're a lot of times they're going to get me, which I think leaves a lasting imprint on people. 100%. And I want to do that as long as I possibly can. One of the biggest issues we see from an agency perspective that causes a lot of e-commerce brands to fall flat and eventually die out is that the owner takes themselves out of the equation too early. They think that they're already at the Walmart level or the Starbucks level or even at like an Amazon level, but you all know who the owner of Amazon is. Right. Right. That's not a mistake. Bezos right. isn't that dumb to not associate a name with a brand. Right. Yeah, I've definitely tried to do that. I really, really, really hate my picture being taken. And so get, getting used to breaking that. Well, what's funny is you're thing. in the majority of photos too. I was. And then recently I started taking the pictures. So now I'm, I get to be behind the camera again most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a weird thing. I remember um, I w was married back in 2016 and I remember doing the shoots for that and just hated it. Like, I do not like wow. my picture being taken. I get hot. I don't like it. And so that's why when we get new models, it's kind of funny because none of the models that we use are models. They're just usually homies and things like that. And that's what helps spread the brand is when you have your friends and good people around you helping spread it. That's true influencer marketing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't use a single influencer per se. Um, we use local or long distance people that have reached out, said they love the brand. Most everyone has bought something before they became a model. So I knew it was all people that I wanted around me or I wanted helping yeah. spread the brand because they understood it. They liked it already. Um, it wasn't a chore to them. It was something they were already into. I will say I've never been stopped more at the gym wearing a piece of clothing than when I wear my TNS brands. Yeah. You got to do an airport, bro. <laughs> go through go through an airport with it. You'll get a lot of conversations. Well, I'm flying out to uh I'm flying out to Mexico at the end of January, so I'll do that. There you go. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's definitely a conversation starter. I've never met someone that's like, that's dumb. I usually get people that kind of do like the the sideways head tilt and then they're like, uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I like that. So do you see a stigma change going around right now of business owners and successful individuals starting to represent who they are more through their ink and through their personality and not For have sure. that be such a negative con context around that. For sure. And we definitely get people that are like, tattoos are normal. I don't know why you're pushing this brand. And it's like, yeah, for sure. Tattoos are way more normal than they used to be. There's high level CEOs with them. There's all sorts of things, but there's also still the, at the high level, the people that, the people that are still making the big decisions on the companies that control what we do in a livelihood 
Procter Gamble, all these big giant, huge ones, they're still going to make you cover up your tattoos or they're going to edit them off of you. If you do a photo shoot. Um, so there's still the stigma that it goes along with bad people having tattoos. Um, but there's definitely a change that there's plenty of people that do bad things that are completely spotless. They don't have any tattoos <laughs> and they'll do just as dumb shit. So yeah, dumb don't people are everywhere. Bad. Yeah. Dumb people <laughs> everywhere. Tattoos don't make you dumb. So I think it's definitely changed. Um, and that's kind of where we've evolved into more of just a, a streetwear brand. We had to, you know, as a certain point there's, you kind of reach the limit of pushing a cause and you have to be a good brand. Yeah. You know, so we aren't using throwaway t-shirts or crappy hoodies and stuff like that. We use high end stuff and that's why people, the cause is great and people love the mission, but they love the clothes just as much. And so that's, what's really set us apart. Can you, uh, walk us through what break the mold is and how you've developed that? Yeah. Break the mold is so back when we started the company, it was kind of a tagline of tattooing successful. So, you know, you got Nike and just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, break the mold was kind of our, just do it. And, um, then we decided to put it on a shirt by itself and it just blew up. So we did it a different colorway and that blew up. <laughs> and then we did a pride tee with it and that blew up. And so it kind of just kept getting bigger and bigger and people loving just that is almost its own line. Um, and then we had some people that tend to reach out and say that they, they didn't have tattoos and they, but they like to break the mold line. And so how do I get just that? So we've kind of tried to grow that as its own kind of Jordan brand. So our sub brand of tattoo and success. Sure. Yeah. So one of the themes I've noticed is that it's been a trend of pivot and go, right? Like, like you're learning and going, but it's that constant act of that dance from what I'm hearing is that any, you're putting stuff out there, you're testing, constantly testing different things. And as Mm -hmm. soon as you start to see that pattern, it's pivot and go. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can't just, you definitely can't just put out a brand and then be like, well, if people don't buy it, I'm going to keep doing this way. That's, that's right. the way I want to do it. Like you have to fit to your consumer. Um, you have to fit that whatever the way people are starting to buy to trend to what's in this year, the amount of things that can be turned into a crop thoroughly <laughs> amazes me, but crops are in. So we'll get as much crops out as we can. Ladies. <laughs> We're trying. They'll wear them too. Oh, they'll wear anything crop. This is crop top season all season. <laughs> So we've seen so many new businesses get started in the last... Uh, let's just let's round it out for this whole year. Mm-hmm. So many of them are going to be online-based. If I had to guess, a good majority of those are probably going to be clothing-based, which the industry has been around for a while. It's always been hyper-competitive. What does that look like moving into the next few years for not just not just your brand, but any brand starting to come into the online space around clothing and apparel? What does that look like for them? How can they actually leverage their audience? How can they leverage what's around them to actually thrive and succeed? Yeah, I see too many... I think I did... A, I said a post like this the other day on Instagram about seeing so many different brands starting all the time. And a lot of what I see now is a brand started just 
after another brand. Basically, they're they're modeling or mimicking their brand. All they've done really essentially is change the logo. And when they're drop shipping and using the same drop shipper, it's really the same stuff. You're just paying for a different logo. And if they don't have a mission and they don't have a goal or niche that they follow in or fall in, I don't, it'll be hard to evolve through a year where it's not people, everybody's sitting at home with your great ideas. So for us, what it, what we need to keep continuing doing is continuing to evolve, continuing to seek out the trends, continuing to be ourselves, but still be different. Um, and, and really 2021 should be a huge growth year for us. Cause we're really going to separate that, break the mold line and grow that. So we've, we've hit the key term a few times now of drop shipping. Do you mind going into what that is for those of you that don't know or yeah, drop shipping is a great way to do a business, an e-com business, a clothing business. There is companies out there that will fulfill all of your orders. They will hold all of your product for you and they will print all of your product for you before they ship it. So they can do just one order. And anybody that's starting a new business, a new clothing brand, I think that's probably your best option because it's the best way to see if your your niche that you're trying to fit in with your design and your mission statement really actually works. Can you get some traction without buying, you know, thousands of units and staring at them in your <laughs> bonus room all the time, you know? So, um, it's, I think it's a great way to do it. There's uh, gosh, there's printful printify. There's a few different ones. And basically what they are is big warehouses that will screen print and ship just one of your t-shirts to any one of your customers. And they basically plug into the back end of your Wix, Squarespace, or Shopify account. What are some of the downfalls that you see with drop shipping? And why did you decide to make that transition over into you guys holding all the inventory? Yeah, we never drop shipped, okay. which was crazy. And people laughed when I did it. <laughs> um, but I just didn't, I wanted to be different. That's part of the break the mold thing. I love doing things differently, not as a, you know, F the system or whatever, but as a not conf just doing it, it's kind of like building a brand based off another brand. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own brand and my own slogans and that stuff. So, I mean, drop shipping is great. I think it's the best thing you can do if you're a new brand, but they take a huge chunkier margin. It's really difficult to, um, stay on top of quality control. Um, they tend to misprint, um, things like that can happen and you don't get a look at it before it goes out. Nobody from your staff gets to look at it before it goes out. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then their availability of higher end stuff is just not quite there. They make yeah. some cool stuff. They can do, you can do some really cool things through those. And we use them for some small plugins for um, more technology items because there's no reason to hold, you know, 17 different phone cases. Right. So we do some stuff like that. But um, yeah, you lose kind of, I feel like you kind of can lose touch with your brand almost because you never see it. You never feel it, have it. And it makes it difficult for doing content creation as well because you have to order it yourself. If you want something, <laughs> you have to physically go online and order it. So it's kind of like, it's kind of interesting to me. It just, I don't know. I didn't like the idea of it not being, uh, able to touch it, be able to see it, see how it printed. How is this? Should we have done matte instead of gloss? Is this laying right? Is this the right fabric to be doing this kind of imprint on, et cetera. One of the things I've noticed when people get into the clothing and fashion apparel with online 
if they don't come from that space or they haven't yet, there's such a steep learning curve of quality of material. Like you were talking about, how's the print lay? How does it lay? How does it fold across the body? How does it yeah. look on somebody like our size that are, you know, kind of bigger versus somebody that's five, four and, you know, barely a buck 10. So seeing that and having that ability to say this shirt or this design or this print will look good on these types of shirts versus others, or, Hey, this is really more of a hoodie print versus a actual like Mm -hmm. T print. Being able to walk through that process is something that's a very steep learning curve for people. And one that if you're starting out and thinking on it, only from the drop shipping perspective, you don't have that you don't have that play element. You don't get to play with mm-hmm. the brand and the design to get it yeah. to where you want to before you're li- ready to launch it and ship it. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like you kind of, it's a feel thing. Yeah. Like it's a feel thing for sure on being able to pick out good things, make sure the imprint's the right one. And a lot of that credit goes to the people that you use to imprint. And you don't have a personal guy or girl that you talk to at these dropshippers is like your person point of contact. Like you don't have one of those. Um, and so my, my guy is out of Southern California. Um, prime print co is, is the brand or is the company and his name is Josh Godar and he kills it. He does everything. We communicate really well. You know, that's I think the biggest thing in manufacturing is like an open line of communication. And you don't have that with those dropshippers. Like you call, they're not answering. I promise. Yeah. So, um, I think that's been our biggest thing is I've tried to keep a personal touch to everything we do, whether it's our ambassadors slash models, whether it's our manufacturing, whether it's hiring out you for marketing, like we meet weekly, regardless of whether I need to talk to you about something specific or not. Right. Um, my content director constantly talking to him. Like I like to have a personal hand in everything and a personal touch to everything because I think that reflects on what you put out for the brand. What's it been like growing your social media accounts over the last year? You know, it's been kind of interesting, you know, if I feel like Instagram puts out an update every day, but it's not <laughs> every day, but it was for like a week. I swear it was every day for about a week. What was that last month? You yeah. got on every time there was some new user agreement that you had to agree to because they had rolled out a new update at three o'clock central time in the morning. Um, so it's been good. You know, we, uh, we use a really organic way of reaching people. We, we don't do, um, boosted posts through Instagram, typically like how most people do them from a post and click promote. We do it through the back end with you, obviously through ad generation, through using a good marketing department that can create audiences and do all those things. Um, but growing the socials, we did, um, we've done some celebrity giveaway type things. Um, people, people tend to think that that's a fault, like fake or bots or things like that. Um, but it's a social credibility thing. It's, um, your brand has to have a social credibility to get through the consumer's first layer of defense. Almost when they come to your page, if there's not a solid landing page with well-organized stories with a well-organized bio with content that looks fluid and new with a decent amount of followers, decent amount of engagement, which engagement gets messed up all the time because algorithms change all the time. But um, yeah, we did some celebrity giveaways where you enter into contests and then um, basically what it is, is the way I explain it to people is you buy leads. 
you're buying leads just like I used to do door to door and we used to get new leads that we paid for through the city or through whatever phone company. And people come to your page, they follow your page because they're in a contest. And now that they've followed your page, you basically have their attention for the next 24 to 48 hours while this contest is running. Now, can you sell them on what you're, they're coming and seeing on your page? They're going to follow five to six pages for the contest now that you have them in front of you. Can you hit them with a story that they like them? Can you hit them with a post? They like the slogan. Can you do something to capture them as a customer? Um, and that's worked really well for us. I've not heard very many people use that strategy, but it is effective. It is effective. Yeah. A lot of people, when we, when we did it a couple of times, there was a lot of people like, Oh, I heard you went out and bought like bots. I was like, yeah, you can't buy, you can, but Instagram will can just you. delete you. Yeah. Yeah. They can delete you while you're sleeping. So I didn't ever make that risk. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I don't really ever want to do that. So no, we didn't buy bots or fake followers. You get real followers and you, Try to capture them as a customer while they're floating around. And totally. it's worked pretty well for us. Totally. There's the cra- a- crazy thing. The crazy thing to me has been that our people have noticed and I noticed like our likes and our engagement is way down, but our business is way up. And so it just doesn't translate like it used to. Like it used to mean that your engagement and your likes led to sales. Yeah. It's and not now the case. It's, it's not the case anymore. It's we'll get we have over a hundred thousand followers. We'll get 35 likes, which makes zero sense on a post, but we killed it that day on orders. <laughs> and so I don't give a shit what the likes say. I care about right. what the numbers are on the back end. And so it's kind of an ever playing system. You're always playing, you're playing tennis with Instagram right? every day, just seeing what you can put in their court to see what they're going to give you back. One of the things I've noticed recently are that the brands that are taking a stand, whether it's for their core mission, whether the fact that they're promoting, hey, I'm an American, I don't stand for the bullshit that's going on right now in our country, despite what side you believe in, no matter what you believe in, the brands that are out there taking a stand and planting their flag saying, this is who I am, this is what I do. Those are the ones that are winning right now online. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think it's even baked into your brand and into your culture. Hey, this is who we are. And fuck you if you think you're going to change me. Yeah, exactly. We're already pretty loud (laughs) and pretty out there with our shoots and with the people that I have around us. And so, yeah, we're firmly planted. We've been planted now for a couple of years. So we don't have to do that. We don't have to shock and awe with something drastic right now to get people's attention. We just, we just need to keep snowballing and growing. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I know we're running out of time, man. Where can people find you? How can they learn more about Tattooed and Successful? Yeah. So our website is tattooedandsuccessful.com and the Instagram is Tattooed and Successful Co. Um, and we're at Break the Mold on Twitter. We're not on there much. We mostly just release, um, do releases on there and things like that. Very yeah, cool. It's the best way. Awesome, man. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Guys, Zach is an incredible CEO and owner. Please go follow him. Go check it out. And once again, if you found a nugget of wisdom in the show, if you found something that's going to impact your life in any way, shape, or form, make sure you go leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button on Apple and iTunes. It means the world to me. Even more so, it means the world to all of our guests because they come on graciously for free, help give you incredible knowledge from the industry's top leaders, and you're getting all that insider information for free. So please make sure you go hit that follow and subscribe button. We'll catch you in the 
next episode. Until then, go make somebody smile. 